Welcome to The Great Indoors. And today, once again, we're in Barcelona, Spain. Yep, this is MWC 2023, and what a week we are having. There are 98,000 people from across the industry and the world here to take part in, without any doubt at all, the biggest telecoms and technology show on the planet. Now, it's been quite a journey for us, and we're still buzzing. It feels incredible to have finally crossed the Atlantic as the GSMA's official podcast for this unique and special show. Now, we're spending the whole week in an amazing recording facility on the jaw-dropping Amdocs booth, recording just fascinating conversations with the industry's biggest names. I'll continue to be joined by customers, analysts, partners, and Amdocs executives as we explore their stories and perspectives in podcast format for prosperity. As ever, I'm joined by my trusty co-pilot and producer Larissa Yee for the special edition MWC 2020, three episodes that continue to roll out every Thursday. So what's on for today? One thing that is a constant in any tech discussion these days, of course, is 5G, has been for years. And even more so now, 6G's creeping into the conversation, although I feel that's a little premature. Now, we continue to discuss the need for new ecosystems and collaboration in order to make the promise of 5G a reality. Service providers like Verizon in the United States are making huge strides in how they structure their business to help catalyze this paradigm shift that 5G can bring consumers and enterprises. So to talk about this on episode two of this special season of events, I am proud to be joined by Debika Bhattacharya. Debika is the Chief Product Officer at Verizon Business, leading product management across all customer segments. She is responsible for the company's holistic product portfolio and its strategy and alignment with Verizon's network as a service framework. This includes edge compute, software-defined networks, IoT and 5G services, global networking solutions, security, advanced communication services, and managed services. So a huge remit. Uh, great to have Debika here. I'm also joined by Liliana Schwarzbrunner, the general manager and divisional president for North American Telcos at Amdocs. And of course, you will have heard Liliana co-host other episodes from me in the past particularly when we featured Verizon executives. So without further ado, let's get started. So here we are, MWC Barcelona 2023. The Great Indoors is here is the official podcast for the GSMA. Um, and I'm delighted to welcome our first guest, uh, for the show, for the week, from Verizon, it's Debika Bhattacharya, who's the Chief Product Officer for Verizon Business. So, welcome to the Great Indoors, Debika. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Yeah, excellent. And also joining me as my co-host today, and you've co-hosted many podcasts with me in the past, is Liliana Schwartz-Brunner, the Divisional President for NAO at Amdocs. Welcome back, Liliana. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm so happy to be here with Devika. Excellent. Awesome. Right. Well, let's get going. So first of all, congratulations on your promotion and your recent promotion. Thank you very much. And can you tell us a bit about your, you know, your role, what are your expectations from your role, 
you know, it's a big role and there's so much eyes on you, right? As to how you're going to develop the 5G products and other products. So maybe you want to share with us a little bit about your role and your expectations? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been at Verizon most of my career and I've had a number of different roles. And, but this is the first time that I'm working in the product organization. In Verizon Business, we have a rich portfolio of products across wireless, wireline, security, business comms, IoT, and working across different B2B segments from the most complex global enterprise customers, you know, public sector, medium business, small business, wholesale. So from a product standpoint, we are looking across multiple products as well as different business segments, and there's some overlap, but there's significant number of differences as well. So we need to make sure that our products are, are fit for purpose based on the business segment. So one of the things that, that I'm bringing into the role with all my years being on the customer side is to bring customer centricity to the role, because sometimes we're all guilty of creating products from the inside out. We love fall in love with the technology and we want to create a product, but now we're looking very much from the outside in to make sure that our products are meeting and solving for pain points, challenges, what's the customer experience associated with that product and how will they interact and consume the product during its life cycle. So it's exciting, I'm learning a lot. We just have so much to do that I can't wait to continue to build out products for Verizon Business. Excellent, excellent. Now, I follow Verizon very carefully. I'm very impressed um, with a lot of your initiatives. What have you seen recently that would lend itself, or, or, and what more so as Verizon lends itself to tech for good as an initiative? Have you got any good examples of anything you're specifically looking at in, in that domain right now? Yeah, absolutely. At Verizon, we're in the business of keeping people connected. So that by itself, we consider as tech for good, especially in the past few years with COVID, Verizon services were critical to keep people connected, keep families working from home, keep children able to stay connected to their schools and educational institutions. So that in itself overall is, is what we consider tech for good. But there, there are three other areas I'd like to touch on. Uh, one is our all the products and services we offer to our first responders. This includes firefighters, law enforcement. We have a whole crisis management organization that goes in, especially when there are disasters, you know, bring in uh, wireless connectivity on wheels to provide wireless services to disaster affected areas. And it's not just for people to stay connected with their loved ones, but many times they have to fill out forms as they're applying for loans. They're Absolutely. So it brings wireless coverage in regions where that may be disrupted and at the same time allows firefighters, law enforcement, police, FEMA, all these other organizations to provide aid. So that's a huge area where there's a lot of tech for good. Another one is what I call distance learning and that came from COVID where Verizon invested significantly in school systems, especially schools that were in socioeconomically disadvantaged areas. Because as we know with COVID, while there were some kids who were joining classes from their second home in Martha's Vineyard, 
There were others who just barely had internet connectivity. So to help bridge that divide, Verizon invested significantly yes. in school systems and providing connectivity. And the third one I would say is, obviously when we provide solutions to enterprises, we think of it as good because they're making them more efficient, them helping their customers. But it's especially critical in the small and medium business space. So small companies providing them services like fixed wireless access, yes. gives them connectivity quickly, helping them with point of sale, helping them with cybersecurity. Because yeah. they don't have the staff or the means to do it themselves. So that's another area where we're very proud of what we do with our SMBs. Yeah. Continue growing, right? We see Verizon uh, continue growing the fixed wireless uh, in the B2B front and all in all layers, right, from this? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So fixed wireless access, we like to cons think of it as one of our most successful products. In well, it is. It's yeah, it's incredible. Billion, yeah. you know, dollars. And it's, yeah. uh, what's interesting with it is, is wireless is not new, but it's been used as backup for many years. But fixed wireless access now, what we have, what we're starting to see in 70 to 80% of the cases is the primary connection. Yeah, it's the preferred mechanism. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So that makes it really interesting. And the fact that it can be provisioned in hours and it's reliable, you know, it's, it's just a game changer for us. And we're really excited with, yeah. the, with the success of the product. Well, awesome. And, and, and again, Staying on that theme and also me keeping an eye on, on what Verizon does. I know and I know you're a Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. All right. And I don't wanna I don't wanna maybe Heart throw broken. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Both are here. Oh you both yeah, of course. But there was a lot of social media, a lot of coverage of Verizon at the Super Bowl. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because it was really it really got a lot of attention. It did and, and I was privileged to be at the Super Bowl and in Phoenix wow. for the game and uh, and the week prior. And it's really impressive how it all comes together. Now, Verizon had been working on network upgrades in the Phoenix area for years. Uh, we spent uh, over $100 million upgrading the network, not just at the stadium, but also in the surrounding areas. And a venue or a stadium is a crucible and really a proving ground because it is during that time that network capacity gets tested in a way that like never before. Yeah. So at this Super Bowl, even though my team lost, I can say Verizon had a... Verizon won. Um, so, you know, some of the stats, like we had, you know, about 2,000 radios, 500 of them were uh, 5G radios. Uh, you know, there was almost 50 terabytes of data that was exchanged during the game, much, mm -hmm. much higher than the last Super Bowl where it was about 30 terabytes of data. And uh, we had a net, uh, network control center that was based in Phoenix that was monitoring all aspects of the network and our, our network performance team tested every aspect of the stadium to ensure that there was, there was coverage there. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, Nowadays, fans don't just go to a game and sit and watch passively. They are taking pictures, they are streaming videos, yeah. there's uplink requirements as well as downlink. Yeah. So there was tremendous uplink bandwidth. You know, upload bandwidth was you know, 300 to 500 megs. So wow. being able to support all of that and at a time where there's so much scrutiny on the network and it, it worked flawlessly. So yeah. it, was, it was a great experience other than the outcome of the game, but it was a great experience. And, and the Rihanna halftime show, 
Yes. Yeah. That's the time where all my children come and crowd around the television. They're not interested in the football, but the halftime show, they absolutely love that. Anyway, it looked fantastic. Looking at uh, B2B and all aspects that you just mentioned before, um, what are the challenges you see ahead of you? Yeah, so from a B2B standpoint, obviously there's uh, economic pressures, inflationary pressures. Um, yeah. Now, one of the things that we like to think is that given the the services that we provide in terms of people keeping our applications and keeping you know uh, businesses and keeping their customers connected is a critical part of their operations. In fact, one of the things we've seen is uh, you know especially with COVID accelerating digitization and and uh, and the movement to cloud, the network has become even more important yes. than yeah. before. So we try to stress to our customers that the importance of the network. When it comes to some of the more complex networks or the newer network technologies like 5G, some of the challenges Liliana are around, just integration with enterprise applications, you know, a device ecosystem, making sure that the right partners are in place. So all the, the normal challenges that, that companies face. And one of the things, especially for some of our largest opportunities, uh, we've seen that uh, just given the economic pressures and uncertainty, sometimes it's taking out a little longer to close than we would yes. like. Yeah, yeah. But nothing out of the ordinary, nothing too unusual, but just some of the pressures that, uh, that enterprises face given today's economy and, and the yeah. uncertainties in, uh, in the global context. You touch base on the ecosystem, right? And it's something that actually Sampa mentioned before as well. So he believes that a lot of the use cases is actually ecosystem of a lot of partners. Um, how do you see like the marketplace uh, helps you to actually achieve your goals? Yeah, I, you know, and, and this is one of the areas where Verizon has evolved. Uh, like most telcos historically have been vertically integrated. They like to build or buy, do it all yes, themselves, yes, yes. right? Uh, but but we know for 5G to be successful, we have to have an ecosystem of partners. So we've partnered with all the major hyperscalers. We've partnered yeah. with the, the software vendors. We've partnered with systems integrators because we know from a customer point of view, they need to solve the end-to-end -end problem, not just a part of the problem. So I think the marketplace is developing I think it's important that customers want to be able to uh, plug and play, and uh, you know pick the right partners and the right components. So it's it's still a maturing market, but it's it's absolutely critical uh, for success in this space. And do you think I'm going back to an earlier point we talked about tech for good as well? But I I believe that now, after COVID, like you talked about before, Debica, there's almost an inherent obligation for all service providers to look after the communities they serve. It's, it's, it's not all about dollars and cents anymore. There's a, a, an inherent altruism, I believe, from, from all service providers. Do you think 5G is accelerated? I know we talk about it, the technology is itself and, and what it can give us, but do you think it's accelerating that obligation for the communities that you serve? It is, and I think a company like Verizon, where our heritage came from a lot for, as a service provider, 
providing services to communities, whether it's 911 services and, you know, all the other essential services in addition to, you know, some of the more advanced communication services that enterprises procure. So we have that history of service. And with 5G, I think, because it can be a game changer for communities that did not have access. So we talk about with 5G helping with the digital divide, provide, you know, from an affordability standpoint, from an accessibility standpoint, from a usability standpoint. But it also unlocks new use cases. For example, you know, we think about wearables, we think about you know, like remote healthcare. It enables a lot of, uh, unlocks a lot of value that's essential to the community, yeah. especially in the healthcare space where you may have whether it's disabled or elderly or socioeconomically challenged communities. How do we reach them in a way and, and help them get the level of yes. care that the more uh, affluent communities are used to? So I think that that's an area that Verizon is very committed to, yeah. uh, to ensure that we are able to provide our services, not just to a select small group of individuals who can afford it, but, but across. It's almost like a democratization of the connectivity, right? I think that's what makes it. Now, and we talked about it before, fixed wireless access is the killer use case, if you will, right now. As the chief product officer, where do you think the next big opportunity is in 5G? What's the next? I mean, you talked about um, healthcare, and we prophesized and speculated for many years about all the different things that 5G can bring us. But from your perspective, and also what excites you, what do you think the next big 5G use case that's going to come about? Yeah, it's always risky to predict something that, that may not come true. But one of the things we've learned from our experience with 5G so far is not necessarily to look for a whiz-bang, transformational solve world hunger kind of use case. What fixed wireless access did, it, 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 it made a wireless a replacement for broadband cable much more affordable yes. and, and easier to use. Yeah. So similarly, we, we expect to see that kind of a, a shift in manufacturing, in logistics, in, in areas where connectivity is challenged, like in transportation, and use 5G to solve the connectivity challenge first, and then the other use cases layer on at very little incremental cost. So it may not sound that exciting, but it's really critical to businesses where they need to have the ubiquitous coverage with the kinds of bandwidth that we see at places like the Super Bowl, but you think about that kind of network capacity and that connectivity coming to areas or you know, other parts or other industries that can afford it. So once again, it's a democratization of connectivity, but within factories, warehouses, you know, where, where efficiency is critical, and this is a game changer for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, like you said earlier, and Liliana touched on it, it's that ecosystem, and it's not just the technology 5G, it's the other technologies that coalesce around 5G. We just talk about 5G, but there's, you know, there's so many other, whether it's edge compute, uh, web 3.0, blockchain. I mean, it's, there's so much going on. And as a chief product officer, how do you deal with this 
multitude of new technologies meandering in and out of of 5G and you know something there's always these things like chat GBT is the next is the one that everybody's going crazy about at the moment it's actually very good if you're a marketeer it's quite handy but yeah. I'll tell you about that another time but how do you deal with that deluge of, of constant technology innovation and change so we let the market guide us and our customers guide us because once again we don't want to get too obsessed with a certain technology and try to force it into an area where it may not be the right fit so one of the areas that we are seeing where there's a lot of interest is the convergence of it and ot ah, oh, ah. right so the manufacturing floors where they had a lot of ot but you had industrial equipment that was isolated now is coming into the IT realm with private 5G and so it's starting to bring security capabilities and if because you think of a factory floor there was no way prior for somebody to be able to di do diagnostics on a machine or an industrial equipment without physically being there but now with the convergence of IT and OT that's going to happen some of the other market trends you know, that we're building products around, one is obviously mobility, the whole hybrid nature of work. Um, as, and not just for humans, but also endpoints, right? So you know, distributed security is, is yeah. critical. And then what we've also seen is our enterprise customers, they want to consume network like they consume cloud, which means it has to be dynamic, it has to be flexible, it ha you pay as you go. They don't want to invest in technology because they don't want the obsolescence associated with technology. So how do we provide network in a way that's similar to cloud services, which is new for, yeah. for telcos? And then the final area is digitization. All our businesses have, are starting to digitize their operations and they're digitizing their experience with their partners and also with their customers. So all our products now are API enabled. We're building workflow automation for self-service for our customers to be able to transact and interface and consume networks differently. So these are the areas that we're looking at, but what I'm trying not to do is, fo is focus on the technology and then push it out, but That's what we're trying to do is look at where the markets are going, what the trends are, and then bring That's that into yeah. our product portfolio. That's brilliant. I love that perspective. That's a great answer. Is there any example you can give us of one of the use cases you're extremely proud of? that Verizon uh, did recently to the community or one of the pillars, like you said, manufacturing or healthcare. Anything you want to share with us? Yeah, um, so so I'll, I'll pick one and it goes back to my my earlier comments about, you know, what we say, like think, you know, think big, start small. This is for a customer that is a port, th port authority, mm -hmm. and they're actually based in the UK, ah, where you are. Yeah. So it's, it started as a connectivity solution. Right. This customer had over 250 Wi-Fi access points. They could replace them with seven 5G radios. Wow. So there was a tremendous operational savings there. So it started as what I would say was a fairly mundane connectivity problem that 5G was the right answer for. But once the, once the infrastructure, once the fabric was in place, then the innovation flywheel kicked in and then they started using it for employee safety. They started using it to 
be able to get the port back in action after a storm because they could send drones to check on diff the cranes and you know the different equipment. So the, the downtime after a storm was much shortened. They were able to now turn it into revenue opportunities for ships coming in that they could offload the asset tracking data you know, before they, before they docked. So the reason I like it is you start with one and then you build on it and the innovation flywheel kicks Yeah, yeah. And you know, it was like partnerships or you came with the innovation and they came back to you to see if you can implement? How, how did it work, the partnership? So it worked both ways. So the, our, our private network uh, solution gives a lot of autonomy to our customers. So they don't have to come back to Verizon every time. But we build the, the infrastructure and they can add additional connections. They can add users. They can add applications. They can, they can do a lot of it on their own. Obviously, we are there to help them with additional equipment, with additional yeah. use cases, but it do give a lot of autonomy yeah. to customers. And it's great to see the innovation. It may not come from Verizon, yeah. but it comes from our partners, but we've created the platform or the infrastructure for it's a really, It's a really, really good point. And, and the metaphor is, it's almost like you've created a garden and they're planting yes. things in the garden and you're, you know, you're seeing them grow like you said, it started what what seemed like a, a mundane connection issue, but instead you create the conditions, the environment that evolves and fascinating stuff. It is that's a really it's uh, it's almost the if you build it, they will come kind of analogy. But I love that. I think that's a really a really good way of putting it. And I think it's uh, a new paradigm to some degree because the customers feel the freedom, right, to continue innovate, and you give them the platform to do that. So it's something that we think 5G brings a lot, right, as part of ecosystem that you give them something and they take it to the next level and your platform allows them to continue innovate. It's, it's fantastic. That's right, that's right. What we didn't want to do is uh, slow down innovation because they would have to come back to, to us at every step. Uh, obviously, we partner with them fully, but the more autonomy we give them, you know, the, they can start uh, implementing ideas quickly. Some of them work, some of them don't, but that's how, that, that's how it that's, that's how the process works. What are you looking forward to seeing this week? What is it that you thought, oh, I need to go and see that keynote or I want to go and check out that booth? Is there anything particular that you're thinking could be really interesting this week? Or anything indeed that you may have seen already in the first hour of... <laughs> <laughs> My first hour was spent in meetings. So I actually, I'm really interested to see um, like what else is new and what's happening globally. Because sometimes, I, you know, we're all... You know, we're all in our own worlds. And what I really love about these conferences is is go out and, and look at partners that we don't normally work with, right? So that's yeah. what I'm interested about in, is really learning about technologies, learning about partners, learning about different parts of the globe in areas that we're not, we're not working in all the time. So yeah. for me, from a product standpoint, there's a lot I don't know. So I've come here with an open mind to to learn from so many partners so many just so many different companies and all the all the great ideas that they have so yeah. that's what i'm looking for. 
And I, I haven't put this question in here. This is just an off-the-cuff question, and I touched on it before. But I think generative AI is going to be a huge topic yeah. this week. What's your thoughts on that, Debika, just generally? No, I, I, think it's, I think it's great. In fact, uh, you know, with ChatGPT, I, I actually asked it to create a song about Verizon. And oh, really? It, it, was, it was very clever. <laughs> it came back with a great, uh, uh, you know, with, with a great song uh, that we're going to have to put to music. Uh, but I think it can be a tremendous asset from, in multiple areas, right? One of them is as we service our customers, you know, how, you know, to be able to use conversational AI, you know, in that space. Yes. We, you know, contact centers is a large part of our business. Yes. So how do we integrate that? We already have some um, AI technologies as part of our, our contact center portfolio. How do we continue to enhance that? And then I think just how, how humans interact with technology yeah. is going to change forever. Now, I know there's concerns about education. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think we'll, we'll get over that. But I think the, the opportunity for good far outweighs some of the initial concerns. So I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not opposed to it. I'm, I'm looking to embrace it and, and, and help our customers interface and transact and, yes. and work with us in many different ways. Brilliant. No, it's great. It's really exciting. And, you know, uh, I, I haven't told you this story, Liliana, but I'm going to share it for both of you now. Around December time, it was the Hanukkah holidays for, and obviously we're, we're from Israel and, and it's there. And you asked me to write a, um, a social media post for Hanukkah. And I was like, I've never written a social media post for Hanukkah before, but also I didn't want to copy anybody else. We wanted it to be original. So I asked Chat GPT to do it. It was a nice post. Anyway, I just I thought I'd share that story. That's an interesting one. Right, so we're, we're coming to the end now. I'm going to do the quick fire DGI to go round. I'm going to yeah. ask you two questions. You, you just give me your preference okay. on those things. I know you haven't seen these advanced, but it's just a bit of fun and, and we'll get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Debbie. I'm going to ask you the same questions, Liliana. Okay. TGI to go. So the first question for you, Debica, on TGI to go, Picasso or Gaudi? I'm in Barcelona, so I'll have to say Gaudi. Yeah. Have you had a chance to go to the Gaudi Park or, or, or see the... Not this trip, but in a previous trip with uh, my family. Oh, you did? Stunning. Yeah, I love it. Stunning. Yeah. I have to go with Gaudi too. Yeah? Yeah, I just went to this uh, this house. Yes. The Casa. Yes. Wow, it was a breathtaking. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Wonderful. Um, the Picasso Museum is in town as well. So that's pretty good, actually. I checked that out last yeah, time. Yeah, we've got a Guernica at home. I've got a Guernica at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I used to have it in the living room. And then we moved it to the study because the children found it a little bit disturbing. Because yeah. the Guernica is, is kind yeah. of a... But yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, question number two. And this is, I think, based on, on your city. Lobster roll or Philly cheesecake? Philly cheese steak. Oh, cheese steak. Sorry, yes, yeah, not cheesecake. Oh, <laughs> there you go. You're like, what's a Philly cheesecake? So Philly cheese steak. Absolutely Philly yeah. cheese steak. 
Right. And it. Well, you know, Debika and myself are neighbors. Oh, uh, fantastic. I have to go with Philly. It's uh, like I'm, a, you know, just copy pasting everything she says. But yeah, uh, absolutely. I don't think I've ever had any Philly cheese though. I haven't had Philly cheesecake either. Yeah, sure. neither have we, but. Yeah. <laughs> this one's a bit of a nerdy one, but I like this one. Star Wars or Star Trek? I was not a big fan of either, but I would say I've, I've watched more Star Trek. Oh, okay. Yeah, than Star Wars. Yeah, I'll go with Star Wars. You're going to go Star Wars? Yeah. There we go. I'm a Star Wars guy. I think. You have something in common. Okay. And I just uh, copy pasting you, so. <laughs> okay, this is a good one. Cricket or American football? American football. Oh, really? I grew up with cricket since I grew up in India, but I've lived in the U.S. for almost 40 years now. Okay. And, and once I developed an appreciation for the complexity of, of American football, I've been hooked. Oh, really? Yes. And there is that because Sam Path's a big cricket follower and we talked and I'm, obviously because I'm English I, I love my cricket and it's the one thing I'm completely deprived of in Canada. There's no cricket anywhere. So I've, I follow the American football and the ice hockey now as well but, but the Super Bowl must have been a fantastic experience. Yes it was fantastic though. You know, it, it was it was a great game, um, and it was it came down. It was a nail biter all the way, you know, to the last. To the last kick of the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, obviously not the ending. You know, I had wanted, but it was still a great. But still a great occasion. Cricket or American football? I think I know the answer. Yeah, you do know the answer, so. But you used to live in England. Well, I did, but now I'm uh, absolutely uh, a diehard fan of uh, of Eagles. <laughs> And the final question on TGA to go, Boston or Los Angeles? So I'll have to pick Boston because uh, I went to uh, MIT in okay. the Boston area. So I have an affinity, affinity oh, uh, for Boston. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to go with Boston as well. Yeah, yeah. loved uh, everything about the East Coast and, and the culture and, and the weather. Everything about it. So, yeah, that's this for me too. There we go. That's our TGI to go. That's our podcast. I want to thank you very much, Debika, for joining us. Thank you, Liliana, for joining us as well. Have you any final thoughts you would just like to leave our listeners with before we close out today, Debika? No, thank you for having me on and uh, looking forward to continuing to bring great technology to you and uh, and want to start using generative AI to see how we can do things better and differently. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you very much. I've absolutely really enjoyed meeting you, really enjoyed our conversation. It's a great start to the week. So thank you very much, Debika. Thank you, man. Thank you, Lily. Thank you, Debika. Thank you. What a great episode. Huge thanks to Debika and Liliana for joining me uh, today. Great discussion uh, as ever. Stay tuned as each episode and the associated guests are certainly not to be missed. Please leave a review on your respective podcast store if you feel so inclined. It certainly helps us. And visit our website, amdocs.com forward slash the great indoors, where we have all back episodes and a cornucopia of assets related to TGI, including actually a nice sizzle reel 
wrap up of, of everything that we've done in Barcelona so far. So with that said, I think I've earned a cool glass of Cerveza. And all that is left to say is I'm Matthew Roberts for Amdocs in Barcelona, and I'll see you next time, wherever you are.